Welcome to the Aesthetics Mastery Show. <laughs> Don't use that one. <laughs> he always puts the worst ones in. <laughs> Welcome to the Aesthetics Mastery Show, the show that helps you raise the bar and thrive in your aesthetics career. I'm Dr. Tim Pierce. I'm Miranda Pierce. And what are we talking about today, Miranda? So you might have noticed that we have something in between us. There's another uh, woman in our relationship. Yes, there's definitely another woman in our relationship. She was born last week. So oh, we no. apparently call her Teresa for some reason. The yes. kids named her, I hear. <laughs> And this is a sculpture that Tim produced last week, which we did for different reasons, but you learn an amazing amount on the road, particularly about aesthetics in aesthetics. So what do I mean by that? So I don't know if any of you have really broken it down. I have to do this as an educator, really break down what it is that we need to be very good at in aesthetics. And um, often it's anatomy and injection technique and there's a lot of stuff around safety which I'm really passionate about I love learning and preventing complications in particular um, and often the medical models means we start from that position but ultimately we only need to know all of that stuff so that we don't injure people the real thing we're trying to do is make people more beautiful and that's a different framework and actually the the deeper thing I believe is the real thing we're doing is making people happier so it's well-being ultimately. So the, the, the model of anatomy, then aesthetics, and then psychology um, is how I like to operate. We need to know the anatomy so that we can create beauty, so that we can make people happier. Um, that's the sequence we need to master. There's not a huge amount on creating beauty. I see most injection techniques as isolated components of the face, like how do you rotate a lip and show more lip and, you know, all these different techniques, but they're not, there's not a lot on understanding the whole beauty of the face and how it all works together and nothing nothing will teach you that better than trying to create a face from scratch and seeing if you can make a beautiful face and it's not easy and you won't enjoy it the first time because it's frustrating but in that frustration lies one of the best learning experiences that you can get okay so just before we move on to talk about your experience sculpting i feel like there's something that needs mentioning which is that i see people practitioners resisting almost this idea of using the word beautiful with their patients. And the reason for that is they don't want to say you aren't beautiful. And they're very comfortable to say, oh yes, you've aged because this is what happens with the face as it ages. And it's, it's kind of, it feels we're all comfortable with that. But to then say, oh, I'm going to make you look fresher and younger, but also I'm going to make you look more beautiful, especially as the customer obviously does often doesn't say that themselves. But that is what we are in the pursuit of. I think we have to get comfortable with that, don't we? If we're going to really create those amazing transformations. When I look at the before and afters that you do when you've done, you know, 15 plus syringes with someone and you can barely even understand what's going on with it because it's so subtle and, and spread across the face. That's beauty and that's not looking done. It's the opposite of some of the trends, you know, with the crazy square jaw lines and the massive lips and whatever. So I think we have to have that conversation, even if it's just with ourselves. Yeah. I mean, you, you are, you're touching on one of the most difficult problems, which is if you say that you value beauty, you're also saying that you don't value things that are less beautiful. And that's where it gets very uncomfortable. And I think the flip side of it is right back where I started, which is the psychology, which is essentially for want of a better word, the most sacred thing that there is is someone's consciousness and you want each person to feel 
on the inside valued and, and appreciated no matter where they are on all the different value structures we create because being human should be innately um, basically sacred for want of a better word um, so we we need to be able to respect individuals for who they are but also respect them enough that if they say i will be happier if you can make me more be more beautiful that you can also do that for them without saying that you value the individual less who isn't beautiful but you still have to value beauty so it's it's almost like separating the individual from beauty itself like we we have to we have to acknowledge that it's built into us it, Anyone who says, oh, you know, everyone's the same and I don't, I treat everyone the same. I mean, what they mean is they value each individual, but we are, we are animals in terms of how we experience things. And when we see someone who's beautiful, if you don't respond to that, you're ultimately not equipped to survive because beauty is a signal for health. That's basically what it is. And if you're not able to recognize healthy members of your species and react on a physiological level to them, you're basically doomed. Like you can't have a species that operates that way. So beauty is about survival. It doesn't mean that philosophically we can't value the, all individuals the same. Uh, and it's hard because I think what practitioners are, sh are trying not to do is get involved with saying, um, you know, you're less beautiful and therefore less valuable. I think you can separate the two out. I think you can be as valuable as the next person without being as beautiful as the next person. So tell me about your process with Teresa. I'd highly recommend that you're brave enough to try it. Now, I know it's a bit scary. I was a bit scared to start. And the first sculpture that I ever did, which uh, I think is behind me here, actually. So this is uh, this is one of the first ones I did. It's actually the second one, but I didn't get much uh, of pictures done of the whistle. But this is supposed to be a woman. But my little boy said to me, who's that man? <laughs> so <laughs> chin's a bit wide. So expect your first one to be a bit crap um, if you try. Um, there are lots of reasons for that. Took me ages, um, nowhere near as good as that one. But that's the process that you go through, is you start out with something that you don't like. And, and this is the, the great thing about sculpting is you have to pull all your theoretical knowledge and your experience in, into one because you know that the chin, for example, is the same width as the nose in a female and you can literally create that. You know what a jawline looks like in two dimensions, but then you've got to try and create it in three dimensions, which we all know from injecting that's actually one of the hardest procedures if you look at the face and isolated components um, so you're in this battle between applying what you know intellectually and then actually v experiencing your result and then there's conflict because you're, you're you've, you've done what you thought you needed to do with your proportions but you look at it and it's like that doesn't look pretty at all I do not I do not find myself attracted to that shape. Um, and you're trying to create something that's beautiful I remember thinking as I was making this I need to make something I'm not going to stop until I actually feel like if that was a real person, I think they would actually be quite attractive. And that's a hard challenge because it, it's, it's, actually, it's actually very hard. And most of the time it looks weird. I'll use the word weird as a good, as a good example because we, these subtle shapes and curvatures are so, are so difficult to get right that all you sense is a sense of weirdness. You're not even sure what's wrong with it. Now, that frustration... You should not resent that frustration. I always say this when I'm training injectors, particularly people who are getting to the top end. The doctors who work for us um, are really great injectors. They're all artistic. But they also, just like me, feel frustrated at times. They're like, why is this? How can I not get it better? And I always say value that frustration because within that frustration is what is what you're basically saying when you're frustrated is, I know what beauty is. I just can't control this material to, to bring it out. And that's the same as we face with injecting. So what, what you need to do is embrace that and just stare at it. I found myself just staring at this, trying to think 
what is it that's wrong, right? Looking at each part of the face, looking at the relationships between the face, looking at symmetry, and something will suddenly jump out at you and you'll go, oh, that's what it is. <laughs> the lateral canthus is slightly lower than it should be for a female, which is one of my learning points. I know that intellectually, not until I was staring at her face thinking, why is she not attractive for, you know, 15 minutes? And, and then I suddenly realized she needs to have the lateral canthus lifted. Then I do it. And then you see it because then it's the jug, it's the combination of the battle, the frustration, and then the feeling you get. And you get this with patients too when you do a great job, which is you suddenly look at them and they actually make you feel differently. It's, it's one thing getting rid of a wrinkle. It's a whole different thing looking at someone and basically getting a bit of a zing that they didn't give you when they first walked in. That's an amazing thing. And you can do that on people, but you can you can magnify your ability, your abilities to do that by going through the battle of trying to sculpt from, from scratch. Um, so that's the first thing is I'd like people to not be frustrated with when they're frustrated because the frustration is it's there to, it's telling you that you know more than you're capable of at the moment. Like, you know, when I say no, I mean in the deepest possible way, like your the software in your mind the, that's been there for millennia that's running, it's more hardware actually, knows more than your conscious mind has let, yet grasped. But that's great because it's there. The people I worry about are the people who, who can't even see what's wrong with it. So if you're putting out before and afters that are basically worse and you can't see it, those people are stuck. There's not a lot I can do for them. But if they're frustrated, I can help them. If, if it had been me and I had seen this, on the YouTube show and I thought, oh, wow, Tim's done this sculpture. Probably what I would think is Tim's good at sculpting. You know, Tim's an, an aesthetics master. You know, of course he's going to sculpt well. I'm rubbish. I wouldn't sculpt well. And I think actually when it comes to art, loads of us have this limiting belief that we're terrible at art. Like same with tech or money or, you know, you could say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a tech phobe or, you know, I'm terrible with maths. And, and that's one of the things that we say about art so is it within us and if it is then does that mean we're scuppered the key element is that you can tell when it's bad okay. the fact that you created it and it's bad is almost irrelevant the, what matters most is that you can see it's bad if you can see it's bad there's hope okay if you're looking at it and you think it's amazing and it's awful then you're stuck so it's what i'm saying is people need to appreciate that when they look at something and of that that they've created and think oh my god i hope no one ever sees that that's, that means there's hope because what what I know what will happen because I've been through this. I had with this sculpture moments of thinking, I don't want anyone to ever see this. This is embarrassing. And, um, you know, I'm never going to be able to do it. When I was doing the eyes, I mean, they just looked like gremlins for ages. <laughs> so, um, but in the process of battling it, like if you commit to delving into what's wrong with it and trying again, that's what learning's all about. Yeah. That's I know how long that's, that's four years old that is. Really, gosh. So I was showing Jasper this and Jasper said, uh, who's that man? <laughs> it's not meant to be a man, it's meant to be a woman. But, um, and you can see she's, she has a flat face, um, a right angle on her nose, uh, a broad chin. So it actually does look more like a man, but it was supposed to be a woman. Um, but there's all sorts of things that are clearly not right about that. I mean, it's okay, because I was obviously as happy enough to put it on a stick and keep it. <laughs> um, but she's nowhere, nowhere near as good as this one. And, and that's iteration. There was another one in between. So this was the next one. And this one is, is better. Obviously, it's got no ears, but also alien looking. Like even without, even if you stick hair on it, it's still a bit alien looking. Look how strong the chin is, a bit too strong. Nose is disproportionately small. So there are things that I don't like about it, but it was, you know, it was a good step in the right direction. That would be my, the, the key thing is to acknowledge that you're frustrated and then make it better and, and, 
look out for the moments of epiphany because what what that's what happens is you're staring at it you hate it you you don't know what is wrong with it you try something and suddenly it looks better and sometimes you're not even and that that's the moment where your subconscious and your conscious are connecting you're suddenly saying i know what beauty is i'm not creating it and then it moves there and then you discover that that slight doubt that slight curvature at this point or a slight change in the angle of the lateral canthus which is one of the points i had going on with her makes it suddenly better mm-hmm. and i'm not happy with completely happy with her either but there's that great saying which is uh, great art is never finished it's abandoned so i've had to abandon her um <laughs> i'll try again and do something different and try and make it slightly better there are things i would do differently how to do it again, how to, was to do it again um but so i made how, good progress so how did you do it so um, you need to, what I discovered as I was doing this is that artists, when you, because I've done some online courses with it, a lot of artists, I was really thrilled to find out, actually start by sculpting the anatomy first. So they create a skull, which is what I did. Then they lay over the muscles and the fat, the deep fat pads, and then the superficial fat pads. And what they're actually doing is they, they're acknowledging that the nuances of the human face are so subtle that if you don't build it from the ground up, it won't look quite right. So they're actually literally building each muscle it's weird to watch because they they lay down you know your depressor angularis oris and and then they blend it in so you can't even see what they put but that what they're saying is the volume the proportion there is significant enough that if i really want a natural a really natural likeness i need to build this from the ground up and they add each thing on its own and and then blend it in and it really works wow that's so amazing i absolutely love that and it just proves the point that art is close to the science of aesthetics. Yeah. Well, it's it's really interesting to think of it as the, as I think I said, I might have said previously or on a different take, um, that the that we often think of anatomy as something you need to understand in order to be safe. But actually, it's the foundations of beauty as well. And when you're aware of, you can look at someone's face and say, the reason you're not as beautiful as you could be is because I can't see the line that your zygomatic major should create on this part of your face and i can maybe reveal more of that with a little bit of volume in your cheek you that kind of deeper understanding will enable you to create really beautiful results um but it's really fun as well like if if you can you'll know your anatomy loads better if you decide to do something like this but you also you see that link really powerful so you said you made a skull so what's going on underneath there yeah so i i'm i i copied one of these <laughs> I basically copied a, a plastic skull initially, so I started. To, I got the layout and the, the you know, the, the cheekbones in particular, um, the jaw, the the jaw and the angles of the nose. So I created all of that first. Um, actually, one of the first steps I often say is do the profile, and until that looked right, I didn't continue. And then then you start to layer on top of that the other proportions. But it's actually really similar to how you would do a good full face restoration in that you start with the structure you don't start getting rid of lines and wrinkles you start replacing making sure that you can see the angle on the zygoma and the you know the angle on your chin I, I often not everyone injects this way but it's basically how i naturally inject is i first create the focal point so the focal point is often where multiple lines are meeting so there is something i learned also from sculpture which is there these facial planes and if you create the facial plane where the planes meet 
is one of the focal points. And actually for years I've been injecting by creating the focal point first and then making sure that the connecting points, because they're also connecting planes between the focal points, you make sure those are nice, those flow nicely. And then once you've got that structure correct, you start to add the detail in at the end. And that's exactly the same process as you do with sculpting. Make that real, what do you mean by focal? Like give us an example on the face. So focal points, um, you've got the brow ridge here. So there's a there's a the frontal surface, the temple surface, um, and then the orbital surface, and they meet at one particular point. That's a really important point of beauty, underspoken about actually, um, this point above your eye. You've got the same thing going on with your cheek, the angle on the zygoma, Ooh, a little scratch on her, uh, angle on her, on her zygoma, and then tapering off, uh, you've got the connecting line. Similar with the chin, so chin's another focal point, there's two focal points on the chin and lips obviously got multiple little focal points in them, but it's the same principle. Nose as well has got a focal point, tip of your nose, you've got the spine of your nose. These are the bits that your brain recognizes as a human face. Like if those focal points aren't in the right place, then it's, it doesn't know what your face is essentially. If you think about your brain as a, a pattern recognizing piece of machinery like that's what it does it recognizes patterns and it's why if there's ever a shadow or a cloud we often see faces in clouds it's because your brain is taking all that information and trying to force it into something that means something it that's creates meaning well you see jesus in a piece of toast yeah absolutely um same it's the same it's your software going what does this pattern mean and the most likely thing it will it, it'll want to see is other human faces human faces are the most important thing to us so we're always looking for those structures that represent human faces and then more than just human faces it's beautiful human faces that we're looking for yeah um, it's funny i'm not a clinician myself but sometimes i'll notice someone on tv like a man who looks a little bit like a woman and i'll say to you like why does he look like a woman and i don't know but i do know i know it's going on yeah i don't exactly. know why so that that's the ingredient to be to be an, an artist is that you or an aesthetic a good aesthetic clinician is that you you battle with that until you know the answer because you do know the answer you just don't know it with your cerebral cortex you know it with the deeper part of your brain mm. and as soon as you make the connection you you now have the power to control it and this is what we're always in the battle to achieve which is the aesthetic clinician needs to know how to control aesthetics and to, to control aesthetics you need to have conscious control of what it is that beauty is if you're trying to make someone beautiful but you're not you're just injecting where the point is that you learned on the diagram um, that's a very different thing to actually feeling it in your bones and then making it conscious that connection between what you know deep down and the and the actual beautiful result that you can control is where the magic happens i love that because i think that answers my question definitively which is I have a a label for myself as being bad at art. Therefore, I'm always going to, you know, be held back in aesthetics. But I think you're saying, no, no, you know, unless you literally have some weird blind spots to, to what's rubbish. Like if I smashed her face in and then thought that was okay, then I would probably be doomed. But actually, if I think this one, that one you showed us before is a little bit funky, then that's good. And I can build on that and learn. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and get excited when you feel that way, because because I mean, I don't, I'm probably going on about it so much, but it's for, for me, I, I've now got the association when I look at it and I don't like it, I feel excited because I know I'm about to discover something if I look at it for long enough. And I'm just constantly, I look at pictures on the internet and I'm like, what is it that, why does she look alien? Um, and then something clicks, I change it and then it goes in and I've learned something that I can, that there's now, it's now there, the connection is made. So I hope you found that interesting. Um, if you do decide one day to sculpt your own head, please uh, let me know. 
If you want some pointers, uh, you can message us or write in the comments and we'll maybe put together some more information if anyone else is interested in doing this kind of thing. But I hope you found that interesting. Um, see you next week. And please do drop us a like or a subscribe because we love to know that you guys are finding this valuable. And for those of you who are watching, don't forget that this show gets made into a podcast every week as well. And that's across all the podcast platforms, Spotify and uh, iTunes and all the normal places. So please do check us out there as well for your daily commute. Thanks for watching. Take care.